Coming up, Tom Arnold joins Ileana in just a minute. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, it's the I Blame Dennis Hopper podcast, starring Ileana Douglas. Eavesdrop with Ileana as she interviews Hollywood's most prominent players about filmmaking, acting, and what really happens on the set of your favorite flicks and TV shows. Hi, everyone. It is Ileana Douglas. Welcome to the I Blame Dennis Hopper podcast. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Tamara Bird. Hi, everybody. And it's so nice to see you. And uh, I'm just going to tell everyone I've been uh, very uh, sick for the past. So if there's, I, there's no denying it. So if I, uh, this is unplugged and, and raw and uh, what I look like slapped together in five minutes. Oh, my but goodness. I'm, You've been sick for a while. And you have quite, if anybody's, if they're not looking at, yes. at the shot on YouTube, Get you that. have... You Kleenex. have your Kleenex, which I've is a proper my... hanky, which is like a vintage lover, I would expect. Thank you. Um, Alka-Seltzer Plus. You've got like teas, Alka-Seltzer Plus, inhaler, an inhaler. Licorice tea, throat coat. Green I've been living drink. on these, these greens, and then some uh, alkaline um, water. water. And, and then some licorice tea. Yeah, it? but it was interesting uh, driving over. It was my first driving in about two weeks. Um, well, one thing, number one, is you it is... Uh, I, it took me back immediately to um, my acting teacher, Sanford Meisner, who used to say that it, when you were sick, it was like a stroke of of genius to do a scene because you were already so... Impaired? Kind of, well, vulnerable. You couldn't put yep. up any guards or anything oh, like that. And so yeah. sometimes he thought that the best scenes would, would come out of... Uh, There's just know. so much truth there because you can't put on any artifice because you're just keeping standing exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> so this is, so this is, you know, you don't know, I don't have, I have no shields today. So, uh, man, I hope there's a big shield between you and I, because I am not catching this. No, no, I've been, well, I'm, I'm on all sorts of uh, antibiotics and things like that, but Gracious. boy, you realize how vulnerable you are. And, um, I was thinking, I wanted to tell a couple of stories about being sick. One was, I, I remember doing, you know, when you do a play, and um, Broadway and Off-Broadway, I've never made it to Broadway, but uh, uh, Off-Broadway, um, again, the show, you the know, show they're must like, go on. the show must go on. Like, but for real. I got, I got very, very sick, and uh, I missed, like, one show, which they were really upset about. But in order to come back, I mean, I had to work sick. And they had a, I remember like they had this cot for me just off stage. And I would just, I would go on stage, go off oh, stage, get and sick. And lie on a cot in the wings? Yeah. Go on stage, act, go off stage, get sick, go <gasps> back on stage. I mean, it was, uh, it was surreal. Yeah. There's no such thing as, uh, you know, as as getting sick, and there's a movie that the movie that I did with Dennis Hopper called Search and Destroy. Again, there's one we had to do. We had to do a reshoot because something happened. I don't know. They messed up my close up. But anyway, when they did the close ups, I sound like this. So it's one of these like oh, cut in, and mm. she sounds awful. Cut back, she's fine. Um, but yeah, he just there's not much you could do. I was bragging a couple weeks ago, right? That my uh, my Carol, Ch- I could do my my better by Carol Channing, though. Oh right? my gosh! 
when I'm when I'm sick like yeah. this. Yeah, um, I remember John Cryer. I don't remember if he told the story on the show, but he tells it in his book mm-hmm. when you know he was here on the podcast a couple months ago and talked about how he was shooting a movie in San Francisco mm-hmm. and he was the lead and he got sick. Yes, and couldn't go on. And this is very very early in his career. Like it might have been his first film. Uh, as a lead. And so, you know, he's away in San Francisco, staying in a whatever apartment or a hotel and, you know, called somebody and said, oh, well, I'm sick. So I guess. And they, and they said, well, then we're going to have to shut down production. And he was like, oh, that's great. Everybody gets a couple of days off. Right. Not realizing how devastating that can be to a production oh, when, yeah. um, when you know it shuts down because nobody works right. and and it's just like dollars go down the toilet during that well like i said in the theater it just doesn't exist you have to go right. on in on my sick bed i mean all i did was uh you know watch movies but the best one mm. i'm gonna highly re- how is that different from every other day <laughs> okay not I guess you, you know, they, uh, it, it, I wasn't watching movies for work. It was more movies that you could, you know, fall asleep fall to. Asleep to. <laughs> La- Laura, the ghost of Mrs. Muir, oh, nice. Diary of Anne Frank. Oh, so that, but, um, but the best one I saw happened to, uh, I highly, I'm going to highly, highly, highly recommend a, a film, a documentary by Werner Herzog, all, always great, but it's called Grizzly Man about um, a man who goes to live with these bears mm-hmm. in Alaska. And he's completely, just becomes completely unhinged and, you know, begins to think he's a bear. And it's, the film itself is incredible. And Werner Herzog sort of sees something in the sky, this self-destructiveness that is unbelievable. It's But here's the thing with the movie it is so brilliant, and it will stay with me for the rest of my life. You can never, I mean, fair warning, you can't watch it twice. It's so disturbing. Mm-hmm. Because every step of the way, and I didn't know anything about the movie. I just saw oh, Werner Herzog. So yeah. the movie came on, and within about 30 seconds, you go, this guy's going to be eaten by a bear. I'm, I'm like 90% sure. So the whole movie's like a Hitchcock film where you're like, is it happening now? You're like, is it happening now? At what point is he? He brings his girlfriend. To, it's just a complete disaster. But Grizzly Man, Werner Herzog, I highly um, recommend it. Of all the films that I saw while I was um, okay, while I was sick, that's and a then good one. Managed to do some research on uh, Mr. Tom Arnold, my guest. Yeah, today, who I adore. We've been in a number of films together. We we're gonna get to Should so we bring him in so much. Yeah, with Tom. Let's do it. Thanks for bearing with me, everyone, for me being sick. Uh, I really appreciate it. But, I appreciate, we appreciate you. But I miss here. everyone. I missed everyone, so I needed to come back here. Um, you know Tom Arnold from his work in films like True Lies, The Stupids. We're going to talk about The Stupids. This is a personal favorite of mine, McHale's Navy. Good dick. I don't know that one. Nine months, of course, I love with Hugh Grant. On TV, of course, he was on the original Roseanne. How can we forget? NCIS, New Orleans, which you're coming back on. Sons of Anarchy, I haven't seen that. Uh, Of course, you were on the award-winning Easy to Assemble every season. You have uh, been a stand-up for many years. Oh, my gosh. Hulu uh, special comes out in a number of weeks. In all the years I've known you, Tom Arnold. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. I know. I haven't had my Tom fix. I know. It's wonderful. 
the uh, you know, it's funny when people ask me. I think Kevin Pollack asked me this when I did, but people always ask me, <laughs> you know, like who is your favorite person to work mm-hmm. with or who surprised you the mm-hmm. most? You know, it's always you. Oh, I always say oh you. my gosh, you're the nicest person I've ever. Well, met. we've had we've had some good times. I adore you. We, you're my longest relationship, of my life. That's true. That's you're 100. percent You're 100. percent You know I, that? Yeah. No, I know. You're. I just. We were meant to be together. I know. I've, every I, two years. And That's I, why we're still strong. That's and true. I can't believe we haven't done. We haven't. We've I, been through some stuff. I know. We don't just be do a project together. We get involved. We've yeah. got some. Behind something goes scenes. crazy with the. Director or the producer or something. Or oh, star. let's talk about those star. stories. Let's no, do gonna, it. We're going to get to all of those. Yeah, Trust yeah, me. yeah. This. Okay. Uh, the uh, and uh, and you, you never, you know, you always say yes to me, which is amazing. I don't, I don't think know. you've ever turned me down no. for any, any of my hair brain schemes. No, you do have some put on a show. Let's put on a show stuff. I know. I know. Yeah. We're going to get to all of that. Okay. I, I, I've never even asked you this at all the times. Go for it. The. Um, the the times that we were together and mm-hmm. talking about life and everything, mm-hmm. and I would watch you drink pitchers of diet diet coke. Haven't seen that. I, after the waiter would bring two glasses, you'd go. Can, can you just bring a pitcher? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so good for you. I know. It turns out. Okay. Yeah, I know you grew up in <laughs> Iowa, of course. Yeah. Do you still have that um, Andy Warhol painting of John Wayne? I sold it. I did sell it. You know, I, I, I know. It was a great thing. And I think that once again, once the, the kids were bored, I, I think yeah. I kind of needed to. You know, I, I uh, was kind of finagling things around. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and probably, uh, maybe I sold it too early, but we were kind of finag- I was finagling things around. And, and uh, that's one of those things I, you know, you have to, wanted you, to be home. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't working. Whatever. Yeah. But I, I did. I thought... Well, I get that. Boy, that's a lot. But I probably should have stayed. You know, I get it back. Yeah, you never know. But it yeah. was it was good. At least you yeah. had it. You had it. I once. did have it. That was nice. Yeah, yeah, I did have it. I had, I had not, a bunch of Warhols. I know. I, I think I might have some still. I don't. Uh, yeah, I got something. <laughs> I don't know what I have. Well, that was the one I, I admired. Yeah, that was a great one. It meant a lot to me. And because John born, Wayne was born in Iowa, of course. And, and then, and, but then I said, and my wife said, "Oh, you don't have to sell the fees a lot." And I thought, well, my son. My son needs a lot. I want to be home at first, and and uh, it was either that or do something crappy. And I thought, well, I'll just do this, and uh, we can breathe a little bit, you know. And uh, now, <laughs> but you know, things don't matter once you get. And no. I had it, and we had, and you saw it, yeah. And we could tell this fun story, yeah. And I could have said I still have it, and you would have thought I had it. I have a couple cool. things like that. Yeah, that tell I... me. Yeah, but you have you well, tell me what do you? Well, have? my you know, it's the first thing I ever bought in show business. Yeah. Which at the time it was, uh, I, I got this. It's a eight sheet, right? Bre- uh, Italian breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh well, that's amazing. And I, I thought you were say a vibrator. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I no, no, I didn't. I thought that one. But that's you know, and it's it's now worth kind of a pretty penny, right? And I've often thought, eh, should yeah. I sell it? But man, it's so pretty. So no, that means I, I, I see you holding it. that. Well, that because you have. A reverence for show business, even you know, yeah. reading your book and and your stories, and, and it, it really makes sense. Plus, your freaking family. I mean, it makes more sense. I think also the way you've lived your life um, when you when you've been, you know, my, my hodgepodge. Not that you didn't have a freaking hodgepodge childhood. Let's be honest, but you know, yes, you know, Swiss Family Robinson. Yeah, it's true. 
That's true. But I had seven stepfathers. And then you, and then I've had, been married a few times. What, every time you get divorced, you just put everything in the trunk and get, move on. And then, mm. and you, I don't want to think, you know, well, let's move on to something new. And so collecting stuff, you know, it's always been kind of weird for me. I just wanted stuff. And, and also, I think that when I first moved out to L.A. and became a writer on The Roseanne Show and a producer, mm-hmm. and I got a real paycheck, I, I got all the stuff I wanted. Like, here's my stuff. Here's my guys, my watch, my Rolex, my yeah. Bentley. And then once you got that, I got 100. One of the first things I did, I went down to, to Ralph Lord there in Beverly Hills. I bought 100 black XXL of those uh, the short sleeve the t-shirts because yeah. I wanted to have so many that I never that I could just go in my closet and put on another one right so I had I had those and I got Rolexes for everybody that worked for us like literally th- maybe three or four hundred people still have them Pete Siegel the director he's a big director his mm. kid wore the Rolex I gave him to his graduation just recently and uh, uh, people have Rolexes I gave him I don't have them. People, they have more. Anyway, so I went, I did all this extravagant stuff, and then I was over it. Yeah. Yeah. I it, I know I know what you mean, but but the uh, but it's I, do you but think stuff means stuff that that means something to you? That's the first thing you did, and you probably took care of it, and you probably took you know, oh. you, yeah. I mean the the idea that I could you know I mean as I said just you know growing up and like being able to buy food is still was still. Uh, a revelation to right. me, you know, get, getting into show business, the idea that you, you could buy groceries and, you know, but it, it, it stuck with you. I, I was very thrifty for, you know, for many, many years, but I do. But, never, but I think what you, what you're, what you've lived like that, do you, do you find you never quite get over that? Like never, and you look at a couch and you, you, when you do when you had to get money out, out of the couch, out of the cushions, yeah. you know, and you change, you never quite, you know, accept you know, I, and I think that's good in some ways, but also, at least for me, when I started making millions of dollars on movies, I was like, oh, this isn't money. I, I just blow, you know, like, this isn't real. When I worked at the meatpacking plant, when I was scratching by, yeah. that was real. And so I, I think a smarter gentleman would have said, well, here's what you do with money. You put it over here. You don't just give yeah. it away and throw it away. I don't know in a single actor that did that plan. It, right. was, it was like the first paycheck you get, you just well, yeah. blow and just... Right. I just blew all of it. You right. just think it's going to be the gravy train, right? And you find out, yeah. That's but you do appreciate stuff. I think. Yeah, I think perhaps as you get on later in your career and you aren't making five or six million dollars yeah. a movie, and you're you can still appreciate, you know, getting something per diem. Per diem, right? My favorite word. Okay, I want to take you back because we have so much to cover. Okay. Yeah. So growing up in Iowa, do you remember <laughs> the first movie you saw and who took you to see it? Oh, uh, well, my grandma, Dottie, took me to uh, see. She was, Dottie uh, Arnold was uh, the uh, president of the Ottawa Community Players, Aww. which was our acting thing, which is, uh, and, and I, I worked, my, my mom didn't raise us, so uh, my daughter, Dottie was, uh, she was a big influence uh, artistically. <laughs> but she took us to a play, took me to a play, or to a movie called uh, um, Houseboat. And this movie was starred Sophia Loren, mm-hmm. and this movie got me because it was Cary Grant, and uh, and he had these three. He's a single father. He had these kids, and then Sophia Loren played. I don't know, babysitter. Or, yeah, anyway, like his sort of nanny. And a nanny. And oh my god! And, and for me, a kid 
with a young father and no mother, and I was in love. This, this, still to this day, man, that movie gets me, mm-hmm. and Sophia Loren gets me, and I got to meet her later wow. in life. I still, I'm in love with her. My dad was in love with her. My dad saw it too, and that. You know, that was like, it, it was, wasn't was just this fantastic movie. Seeing a movie at the Otomo Capri Theater downtown Otomo on the big screen was such an amazing experience. But seeing this movie that I thought, oh, my God, I want Sophia Loren to be my mother. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad is Cary Grant. And, uh, I wish. But this is my life up here. Uh, this is what is possible. You know, uh, this amazing, this is you know, I could, you know, it's not just me living here in Atumbo, Iowa, the dream. Oh, my God, anything is possible. Look at this movie. This could be my life. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I felt that same way when I saw movies like yeah. that. I, I did, so you thought they were real. And- yeah, I didn't think, oh, I want to be an actor. I thought, oh, no, I want that woman to be my mother. And what did you say to Sophia Loren when you met her? Oh, my God. I said I love <laughs> I, I, love I told her that story, of course. And she couldn't have been. I met her at the, at the House of Blues. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was there for some reason, and uh, it came down there, and I met her and her and her son, and and uh, of course I tell her the story, and you know she was very kind and very nice, and very voluptuous, mm-hmm. and still Sophia Loren. I mean, geez oh. Louise, yeah, come on, and, and so amazing. And what other kind? Of, were so did you just? So at what point did uh, I mean? Were you funny growing up? Did you tell stories? Well, you know, I, I uh, when you when you don't have a you're mother, a great storyteller. Well, that, that's the thing. When you you know you're trying to find your place, and I was the oldest mm-hmm. of these three kids, and and you know the the walk into school in, in this small town, this far, and the other kids in the neighborhood, the bigger kids, it's a it's a gauntlet. You know, they make any comment about anything that's not per, you know. Yeah. And I realized in grade school. If I could be funny or inappropriate class, then the other kids that wanted to, you know, murder me would laugh instead of, you know, fighting after school uh, Mm -hmm. every time. And so I was like, oh, I should do that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I made jokes. And and uh, Johnny Carson was on it. He had the great, the great, uh, what's the thing where he put the big, the thing on his head, the dead big man. Oh, yeah, Karnak. Karnak. And I did Arnak because I'm to Arnold. And I do that at parties at at our keggers. And people love that sort of, and uh, and I'd make fun of the people that wanted to kill me, like the the the, the big rednecks at our school, yeah. and they would laugh sort of, and uh, and that sort of seemed like a way Got to, yeah. Now, growing up, did did you have any idea? I mean, I'm I can't imagine that growing up in that is, is it a farm community or oh, yeah. is it more manufacturing? Both, it's farm. I mean, uh, the the meat packing plant that I worked at was the centerpiece. I mean, a lot of times you'll have a meatpacking plant right on the outside of town, but it was really in the middle of the town. So, oh you know, and we had John Deere, but, you know, we all had, we all worked on farms. So, wh- so what gave you the confidence to think that you could uh, uh, climb out of that? Because I, I grew up in a very rural area, right. and anytime I expressed any sort of artistic things, people would just laugh at me. Like, they'd just say it was never going to happen, but I held this... Right. And that's what he's talking about in the book. I used to pretend that people were my friends, like right. Richard Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. Yes, that, that inner life, and, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd think, like, oh, you know, one day I'll... But I couldn't... I knew I couldn't tell anyone. But right. did you have that Well, you know, I, there's two things. One, uh, Dottie, my grandma, had me in uh, some community theater plays. I played one of the kids in, in uh, The King and I. And Anna, the lady that played Anna from our town, Mrs. Uh, Bixby, was the most beautiful woman in Ottumwa. And at the end, we had the little program, and I went up to her, and I said, maybe we just have a program. And she signed it, and then she leaned over and kissed the top of my head. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, if that's what acting is like, 
I'm going to be an actor when I grow up. And then so, you know, I I, uh, I think, you know, and, and I also know this, just more inspirational, when we were upstairs and my dad would get home from work, my dad would just, you know, when you're a single guy, when you're 21, you got a four-year-old, a three-year-old, a one-year-old. I mean, that's mm. crazy. So you get home from work. I didn't hear a lot of laughing at our house, but when there was a Bob Hope special, our dad would laugh, and I'd say to my brother, "What does this Bob Hope do?" That is, yeah. And so I, that was something I really wanted to do. And when I moved to LA, one of the first things I did was a Bob Hope special, and I Bob Hope called my dad and wrote this stuff. And I remember thinking, "Well, that's uh, that's it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't I go. <laughs> you know, became friends. I became friends with Bob Hope. My dad at his place. He he taught me about the USO, which I still do. But but I, you know, it wasn't so much. There was a teacher, Jane Thompson. In junior high and then on in high school, who said, "You're, you know, because I had no confidence. I had no, and I did, you know, I, I did some acting. I really wasn't involved with the big, the big productions, the big plays, but I did the independent acting and I did mm-hmm. all the speech stuff. And I won. We did thirty pieces of, of, of silver, and I won this state competition with this." With uh, Kathy Swallow was her name. Can you imagine the joke she had to put up with? And uh, but she was amazing. And she and I won this thing. And I remember uh, Jane Thompson saying, "You know, you you really you have it. her. This just this one teacher believed in me, and that was enough. Mm-hmm. You know, with all the because nobody did that in my town. It just wasn't. Right. You worked at the meatpack plant. You worked at the factory. Some kids went to college, but." You know, I knew, that's why I knew I had to get, because I had no money, I had to get the meatpacking plant so I could get to college, so I could get to the University of Iowa, because I could get on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the plan. Just get out, get my foot out there. And I had, it took me three years at the meatpacking plant, on the kill floor, to oh. get the, <laughs> get the I'm, money. I'm not going to ask you yeah. questions about that, just because I can't. Uh, no, it's, they're it's, good times, good times. Now, when you met uh, Bob Hope, did he, I mean, to me, that's, I, I've often remarked this, that you mm. bear a, a striking similarity for me. <laughs> but I'm just kidding. I, I will say this. To Bob, Bob Hope? Hope? No, I've said yeah. this all the time. And you and you met uh, Phyllis Diller? You oh, my God. I, I, I went over and took her on a date, is what I did. I went to Phil Diller's house. You don't have these things at auctions for charity. And me and Kenny Rickle, buddy of mine, Nancy Davis's husband, Nancy uh, started the Race to Race MS, and, and the amazing organization, amazing woman, and, and he, her husband and I bid on this a date with Phyllis Diller, and we went to her house, we got to have the fittest night, and she took us in this special room, and there's a lit up portrait, painted portrait of Bob Hope. She loved him so much. I mean, this is like for real, and it was the most wonderful night of our lives. I mean, we got to escort her to dinner, and oh. Oh my God! We said, "Where do you? Oh my God!" We said, "Where do you want to go?" She, she said, well, "You know, we're like, do you want to go to the Ivy? Do you want to go to Spago? Oh no, no, we're going. To, I can't remember the place that she wanted to go. We're going fancy, and it was one of these places where, you know, the older folks go. But it like was like a cheesecake factory, yeah, like yes. Pars. Oh, yeah. it was fat. Oh, she loved it, and it was wonderful. But she well, he was loved like the him. great love of her life. Yeah, yeah. But also, she was amazing, an amazing, groundbreaking comic. This woman. You know, it really blazed a trail that that Joan Rivers and the other other people went after. But yeah. Phyllis Diller, incredible. But she was in love with Bob Hope. But I have to say this about Bob Hope. Yes. I did the first special with Roseanne. And Roseanne's a huge star, right, at the time. I think we were playing, she, I played one of the, uh, Robin Hood. And he was Robin Hood, and I was one of the guys, and she was Maid Mary or something. And, and he was older. He was reading cue cards. And then he's chatting with me, and he's like, uh, hey, Tom, uh, who's the broad? He met Roseanne. He didn't know who she was. Oh, so I, I thought that it. was funny. Anyway. Who's the broad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Can I tell you my Frank Sinatra story really quick? Please, so yes. I went down. So another one of the things we did uh, went down in, uh, in, in Barbara Sinatra, who, who passed away recently. Frank's wife, great woman, who started the Barbara Sinatra Child Abuse Center down down in Palm Springs. It's a great organization. And Roseanne and I went down there. Marvin and Barbara Davis, uh, 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 friends of ours, they, they had these parties. <laughs> we were, you know, we were new out here, and they had parties where they had the, like their Christmas parties had the Radio City Rockets as you walked in, and we and we go over there for dinner. Sometimes it'd be Michael Jackson and oh. Sidney Poitier and, and, and Don Rickles and then, you know and Frank Sinatra and just it's crazy. We're sitting at the wow. table with these people like what is going on? So anyway, we go down and we speak at the Barbara Sinatra Child Abuse Center to talk about our history as as children and, and I as I was speaking, I this is during the day. And I look over, and Frank Sinatra is standing off to my side with a drink in his hand. And, and he's like, as I'm speaking, telling my story of what happened to me as a child, he's like, that son of a bitch. You know, I'd kill them. I mean, he's he's affected by my story wow. and talking about killing the, my molester. But he's loud. He's saying it out loud, and it's during the day. And I appreciate it. I, I, I kind of chuckle. Afterwards, he invited us back to his place there. And then he, me and George Slaughter and some of the men, he invited up to his bar in his place, famous place in Palm Springs. Wow. Because uh, no women were allowed at his bar. You know the old school stuff. Yes. And so this is like about 5 o'clock, 5, 6 o'clock. And he's making people drinks. And I just got down to rehab, okay? And so he's like, what are you drinking, Tommy? Oh, and, God. And, and, I, and I didn't want to say I just got out of rehab because I had a feeling he wouldn't understand that. And so I, I go, uh, no, I, I, I'm good. He goes, what? And I go, well, you know, the old lady. And he goes, hey, no broad could make me stop drinking. And I go, I guess you've never been with a really big one. And he, and he died <laughs> laughing. And I know Roseanne told that story, too. And... Uh, you know, love that guy. That's incredible. Right. Just, just the fact that you met uh, Frank right. Sinatra. But also try, him trying to get his head around these stories. that He's like, oh, my God, when I was a kid, nothing happened like that. You know, maybe people stole stuff out of a hot dog cart. And, yeah. you know, just but just spending time with the, the guy. It was just when, a, when you're with someone like Frank Sinatra, I felt this way a little bit, you know, working with uh, Jerry Lewis. It's like you, yeah, you're, yeah. you're in like a wrinkle in time. Yeah. To me, it's the closest... To a vein of show business, right? You know, you just feel this electricity. Like right. They yes. were, they were, they were. That will, we'll never see it right. again. I did mean, you ever do the telethon? We did no, that a few no, times. God, yeah, God knows. Yeah. And you did the telethon yes. too. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. And I did. did I went to great... Damn Yankees. See Damn Yankees in New York. You went to, see I that. did see Damn yeah. Yankees. I saw it out here. I love Jerry Lewis. Oh, he was. A, yes. I, I remember. A... But you said it's Peter Sellers. It's better. You're. Well, you. I was a kid. Yeah, when yeah I, but when still. I, but that you was... were alive. Yes, but I got to. But, but yes, I got to meet. That's them. my. He's but Bob my Hope guy. would have been a, a, a good one for me. Yeah. You know, for for me. Did you ever pitch him jokes or anything? <laughs> No, no, he but he no. He had his joke writers, and you know, I went down to, to his place, his, his spaceship place down in Palm Springs, and hung out with him and Dolores. I actually went down there after he passed away. You know, at the end of his life, you know, comics they don't retire, and at the end of his life, he was down at the Palm Springs airport greeting people as they no. came. I swear. Just sitting there, greeting people in his chair. Hello, everybody. Oh. You know, and he would show up at the Roseanne set, and we put him in a, you know, credit tag or a cold open, and you know, he just liked working, and uh, you wow. know, 
You know, and Rickles, there's another guy who <laughs> just last. But Barbara Davis, when he passed away, mm-hmm. you know, it's had a real solemn service. And, and, and solemn service. And people, you know, got up and Sidney Putty is, he made, Marvin is a guiding light up in the sky. He's millions of dollars to save children's lives. And then Rickles got up and, and he tried to be sincere. And he's like, you know, God. I see you up there with Marvin. Marvin's got a big piece of roast beef because Marvin was very fat. He's <laughs> roast beef on the chest. I don't know. He just couldn't <laughs> stop it. I mean, and 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 honest to God, they always talk about him making fun of Frank Sinatra, and he would do it with five people there at the table. And Marvin was this giant of a man, and he'd say, "Hey, make fun of of Frank," and then he would do it. And Marvin would always do this. What are you doing, Frank? You're embarrassing yourself. But I mean, all that stuff is so true. You know, I saw it. <laughs> Time and time, they genuinely, these guys loved each other. Yeah. It wasn't just for TV or for Vegas. I mean, it was on a day to day, you know. Yes. I, well, I, to me, it's the, you know, the greatest, just mm-hmm. the, the, that, you know, that era. And you also, did you ever, did you ever do a Dean Martin celebrity roast? No, no, no but uh, they were the best roast. The yeah. roast today make me so uncomfortable. Yeah, now I don't it's, like it's to do just, make, it's gone in a. I don't like to make fun of people, and yeah. I am uncomfortable with people that don't know, men that don't know me making fun of me. I want to take them out and beat the crap out of them. No, I'm not sure when yeah. that happened either. I kind of don't want to think about it. But again, it was like the the Dean Martin roasts were. They were yeah, they were funny. Number one, you know they liked each other, and you know they went out and had drinks, and you know they probably had drinks before. Yes, as confirmed by Rich Little. Yes. The, oh my God, Rich Little, that's the, a great the, story. In the uh, when they were in the green room. Yes. You know, but yeah, it wasn't anything that like oh we're going to tear you apart. Right. It was, it, they wanted everybody to shine. Right. That was like a... And they had huge stars. Like now... John Wayne. Or, yes, John Wayne and John everybody. Wayne. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Yes. I have to go back because I... You know, I, I never... is another question I never asked you. Because yeah. the whole time I have known you, you have mm. been sober. Yeah. But when you did... Um, yeah. When you were do, doing... I mean, stupid question, yeah, go probably. For it. Yes, but like, how do you think you? How did you get into doing drugs and drinking, coming from somewhere like Iowa? Where oh, it's easy. Well, is I it think, just the Hollywood lifestyle? Or no, 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 no. I, I was a, I'm sure I was born an alcoholic. My mother was a alcoholic, and I also think that you know, I, I'm sure. What did I, it give you? What's that? What I mean, what what is juicing up give you? Well, I'll tell you a couple of things. What I've learned too, and, and you know, this is something I had to work on again once my son was born, because I think you you think you have everything uh, under control, and then uh, especially if, you've, if you've, you've had childhood trauma from sexual abuse, because you know you have it under control. And then I remember the moment my son was born, I I, I went, uh, oh my god, he's perfect, and then I went. Oh my God, I was perfect like that too. Because I think when Aww. you when you've had things happen to you, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, well, you know, I was probably a bad kid. And then you see your son, and you realize, oh no, I was, I was like him. And these things happened to me. And as he got old, closer to four years old, when the things started happening, I was like, holy crap. That's what I would look like, and these people are doing this. Oh my God, it's just unconscionable. And I think it really started. I know it really started affecting me, and, and people sort of uh, people warned me. They said, "Be be aware." So I've mm-hmm. I've had to do a lot of work, and this summer, last spring, you know, because I need to be you know a good parent, but also, you know, I mean, if you know my story, you know that 
when I first got out of rehab, I, it took a little time, and I went and found the the pedophile from my neighborhood and confronted him, and mm-hmm. and uh, and then thirty other kids did for my you know old neighborhood, and we, we shut him down and, and and made sure he couldn't adopt any more boys. This is after you know, as an adult, right. felt like okay, it's done. I always I always like to feel like okay, it's done. You, you don't have any uh, own me anymore. I'm taking care of it. But I think that when you have kids, and I, I know this too from other people, uh, you know, the, one of my heroes, when, when I first came to start talking about this, there's a woman named uh, Marilyn Vanderbur from uh, Denver, and she was Miss America. And uh, she's one of the first people that came forward in 1991 and talked about incest. And her father, when she was Miss America, when she was in high school, he was sneaking to her room and he would rape her. And she, there's this huge Denver, powerful family. And she came forward first before Roseanne and I and talked about it. Mm-hmm. And she's still friends with me. And, and, uh, and when she was, uh, you know, when she got, when she was in her 40s, so all of a sudden she was, came up one day, she was like paralyzed. Physically, I couldn't understand what was going on with her. With all these doctors, and it, 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 the problem was her her daughter had just turned, I think, twelve or thirteen, and they went back. That's the age when her father started. So there's this this, this connection that, to, to be aware of, and so knowing that about my son, you know, I went back. And, 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 and here's the thing: there's physiological things with with some of us, mm-hmm. but. You know, if you've had trauma, and the way to deal with trauma if you're a child, I mean, you know, the way God makes us, we, we can deal, you know, kids in concentration camps. I mean, how do you get through that? I mean, there's a thing in our brain that just makes you go wherever you got to go to survive that. That doesn't mean it goes away when you get out of there, but right. then in the moment, you know, and, I, and through trauma therapy, which I highly recommend to people, it's done a lot this year, you know, you could go back to that moment. And the thing about trauma is, Man, you could go. I could smell the laundry on the line of the, of the back of the guy's house. I can tell you mm-hmm. what the wood looked like, and you could go you, you back there. And through tra- trauma therapy, you could go back in that moment. And and the thing is, if you if you were walked into a room, right. remember you also were walked out of that room. And through trauma therapy, you could get yourself back out of the room, so that every time somebody hurts your feelings or every time somebody confronts you, you aren't in that moment. Maybe you're now out of the front porch at least, mm-hmm. okay? And so you don't react to that same way so you know I, I but also the thing is when you're in the middle of whatever trauma that whatever if somebody's hurting you you know you're you you're uh, you you uh, disassociate that's what i did i disassociated and it's something i've used uh, throughout my life and, and and the thing about drugs and alcohol is it's instant and i remember the first time i chugged a tall boy i was on the football field and this guy was probably 12 years old and this guy started giving us beers and i started feeling that thing i was like oh my god this is this is what this gets me there that way, I don't have to sit there and use my head and try to get out of my head and get to that other place. Man, this is you know like a, a hyperlink to that other place, that mm-hmm. disassociation. I want to feel like this all the time. So that's alcohol and drugs took me out of this 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 grungy place where my head was, this mm-hmm. reality, to this other place. And you know, it's it's a bad. You know, obviously it's a bad. And then you need more drugs and more things. Right. So. You know, I mean, it's it's it it will kill you because that's what it's it's meant to do. That disease is is constantly, you know, it wants to kill you. Do you think you know? It's interesting going back. Is there a laugh track for this show? <laughs> <laughs> going back, I was watching all sorts of uh, you know Jay Leno. You know, when you'd go on the Tonight Show and everything, as pre the, me knowing you, yes, and. Um, to you know the but this wasn't anything i mean you only started speaking out you know 
relatively recently. I, I mean, mean about was, this? Yeah, it was. It was well, you know, I, I, I <coughs> you know, was, there's two things. One, one is like, uh, you know, I remember uh, when about it, ten years ago or so. Well, about no, it probably about ninety one, ninety two, right, uh-huh. like that. So it's been a while. But I also felt like something I noticed when I when I got out of rehab, I went therapy, and men were like. And it was weird. I went back to my old hometown on the street, and I kind of looked up, tried to look up my childhood friends, and a lot of the boys who are men now wouldn't talk to me because they're embarrassed about it, mm. and their sisters did. And uh, uh, you know, they're embarrassed. Like they 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 thought, oh, this is a gay thing. And I was like, oh my god, we were four and five years old. How was I getting a man? Yeah, you know. And so I, I my th- thing was like, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to say because in the back of my mind. You know, I I didn't want to be at Walmart in Tumwa, Iowa, and have this asshole come up behind me and go, see that famous guy? I effed him when he was a, a kid. So I'm like, I'm going to own this guy. I'm going to track him down. I'm going to show him his place of work. And he he's a big businessman now and a big church leader. And I, my brother, we got a private eye, and I showed up right where he worked. I went right to the to the woman at the front, and she was like, oh, my God, look, it's Tom Arnold. I go, I'm here to see Terry Williams. And she's like, I'll tell him you're coming. I go, don't. <laughs> and, you know, I handled it really well because I practiced. Because I didn't want to get violent with him and have him hurt me again by getting in trouble, and it went well. And and I confronted right there, and people heard. Trust me, I wasn't trying to hide it. And then I went right from there to, to it was in Des Moines, so I went right across to the Iowa State Capitol. And Terry Bradstead was the governor then; he's a Republican, very conservative. But I went right in his office and said, "You got to stop this guy for adopting another a boy." And uh, I said, "I went to all the authorities; the statute mm. of limitations is over." And he's like, "Oh my God, Tom, that's a federal offense! You're asking me to commit." Get out of here. Even asking me as a federal offense, you did not come here. And then I was, I left there and I was disappointed. And, and then two weeks later, my brother called me and said, oh, my God, or less than two weeks, he said, there's been a snafu with the paperwork. He couldn't adopt the child. So I know that that guy, even though he's a buddy of Trump's, uh, went out of his way and helped me do this thing. He's the ambassador to China right now. But anyway, so people generally want to help. Then I did this. I thought, have I done enough? I've confronted the guy. I put the word out. Uh, and, and then, so I had my, my farmhands go six blocks around his house and put up posters, kid high, that said his face, his crimes, his address, and his name every every other night for six weeks to warn all the kids in his neighborhood. And then by now, I'd said his name on Oprah, and because everybody's like, you can't say his name in case he'll sue you. So I, I said, I'm not going to say his name in case he'll sue me, but I'm going to call him Terry Williams. I said right into the camera, and 30 other kids came forward, and then it was over. Wow. So it's wow. a good thing. That's really. So anyway, yeah. I mean, but you know, you, 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 if people can put a stigma of saying, oh, this is, oh, I don't want to talk about it because this makes me feel less masculine, or this makes me feel less feminine, or this makes me feel like a whore, this makes me feel, you know, then that, 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 that just, that they win. So you just yep. keep plowing forward, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like the Me Too stuff. Yeah. yeah. They try to shame all these women, or, yep. oh, it has to be a certain way, and that's bullshit. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I As mean, you, I'm sure, know more than me. Well, right. yeah. We don't have enough time in the show. Okay, <laughs> I want to make sure to get to some oh your movie stuff. Oh yeah, too. But How I about my Viceland uh, show, my new Viceland show. What's it called? I, uh, I don't know. It has something to do with Trump. Trump and his tapes. The tapes I'm getting every day. Uh, I, I know. There's a you're yeah, yeah. You're a you're a big instead gad, of just I know. talking on Twitter. I say let's put do a TV show uh-huh. and we'll just show everything. I think so that's good. everything you want to see about Trump, you'll be on this show. 
Oh, God. Okay. It's the first time I've talked about it on the air because yes. I'm not supposed to yet, but I'm doing it here with you. Are we on the air? We're yeah. not. Oh, good. Yeah, we're on the air. We're not <coughs> streaming live. We're not streaming live. We'll be streaming in the we're next gonna, We're going to get that. to all of your... I, mean, I don't care. It's so surreal. You're part of the reality you. show now. You're, you've been sucked in. Yeah. But we're going to get to that. Oh, good. I with, the, be... with you know, with uh, Roseanne coming back. Oh, my God. Part. Yeah, let's talk it's about like that. It's like an alternative reality. I know. How weird is that? We deal? had a celebrity garage. One of the many things I hooked you oh, into. Oh, that's right. And we sold all things from the Roseanne show. That's right. Now I, I should have saved those. That's I, worth more than the Warhol. Yeah. Now, okay. I, let's get to some of your movies. Because yeah. I want to talk about this. True Lies with James Cameron, of yes. course. That's sort of a landmark. And, and Arnold. Film. Who's Arnie. recovering in the hospital as we speak? Bless God his bless heart. him. You think he bless come his on heart. And... Oh, come on. Bless his heart. He had his heart fixed. Is that why you said that? He's you th- fine. You think he'd come on and do my show? Do my podcast? Probably uh, not. No, but. <laughs> <laughs> no. I know, I'm kidding. If you go to the gym with me. And... Yeah, he, I probably, would honest do. to God, he would do that. Maybe you should do. take him to tap class. He would do that. Take that would be class. hilarious. Yeah. He probably would do that. He's weird. I would do that. I'd go <laughs> to the gym Yeah, he with does him. weird stuff. I, I need to come back up to this He illness. would go shoe shopping with you. He liked what? that. So, was True Lies your literally first film? Well, I was in Freddy's Dead oh, with Johnny okay. Depp, but that was my first moment. My, really, my first film was Stephen Freer's uh, Hero. Where I, my first scene in the movie was with, with Justin, Justin Hoffman. Yes. So that was my first I scene. auditioned for that film. Did you? I didn't get in it. Yeah. I just for a lot of things. Okay, mm-hmm. but True Lies. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you really, first it, it, working with um, uh, you know James Cameron? Yes. What, so what did you? I mean, you'd been working on television. Yeah. What um, was um, was he a good director? Yeah. Obviously, he's a good technical in action. Yeah. Did he give any sort of emotional directing? He, uh, you know, I think he when he once he picks the actors, he's like pretty. You know, yes. Re, you know, but he let me ad lib a lot. But yeah. if I did it his way once, I mean, he was pretty. Yeah. You know, I think he knew how to. T- he certainly knew how to coach me. Yeah. You know, and well, then yeah. if I ad lib too much, he'd be yeah, do do one, just do, do the script, and then he'd go, okay, now smart guy, do seventeen different takes, and he would make him setups just to punish me. Yes. But you know, you know a lot of us say the movie. He's a great guy. We're still friends to this day. We. We're getting together for lunch this week, and I love very rarely do we, I, I see Arnold all the time. I hear Jamie Lee, I love her. Yeah, you know, Liza, Great. I hear from. I just very rarely do. You well, that's sort of group. Uh, you know uh, that was your persona. Yeah, in, well, that, uh, yeah, I just that's sort of our, kind so, of yeah. that's our. If you that's see Arnold, Hope, Hope, yeah, no, that's yeah. like your Bob Hope, like funny sidekick, right? Kind of a a, a persona. Yeah. Um, is it was a favorite day of shooting at all? Did you have any days that were Particularly fun, or see, I mean, did you know think. it was going to be a big hit? No, no, you just had fun. No, but I remember this because boy, I, I was publicly not people didn't like me, and, and you know, Jim had to. I didn't realize how much he had to do. To, I mean, he had to, he had to say he's going to be in the movie, or else yeah, they were Fox is like no, and he's like okay, good, I'm taking it to Paramount. And they're like what? Uh, I know that they wouldn't put me in the trailer because people, you know, I was going through a divorce with Roseanne, and she was saying all these hideous things, and and uh, then they went to screen the movie to test it, and then they, they it comes up there. 
True Lies, James Cameron, hey, sorry, Arnold Schwarzenegger, hey, Jamie Curtis, hey, Tom Arnold, boo. Aww. But at the end of the screening, when they filled out the cards, the person they liked the most was me. So that's what they knew. Well, this movie, you know, being in a movie could do a lot of... People are like, hated me, but at the end of this movie, they went, actually, maybe he is a pretty good guy. That's not, how, that, not that they knew me before or after, but... That's how I felt when I met yeah. you. Yeah, there you go. I, I Same thing. I had... I um, we were almost in a film together yeah. called The Kid and I. Oh, yeah. And the film uh, I, I, I wrote. Yeah, yeah. and I was kind of bummed out because oh I had gosh. to choose between being in that movie and... Uh, Pittsburgh with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, saw. my gosh. I couldn't do both. They were right. at the same time. But, oh, yeah. I wish you would have been. Okay. Uh, been. Let's talk about Nine Months with yeah. um, Chris uh, Columbus, romantic comedy. Oh, yeah. Great. great. Which okay. kind of, um, I love this movie. Yeah. It's a really fun movie, but it, it got, got bad, badly reviewed. Why well, you... my co-star got arrested with a prostitute when we were promoting it. That, <laughs> oh. There's that. Hugh Grant. <clears throat> yeah. It was his first American film. And his first American prostitute. No, it wasn't his first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I was so excited because he'd just done four uh, weddings and a funeral. Yeah. I was so excited. I just come off True Lies. So it was really our first starring movie for yeah. both of us. And, and Robin Williams was in it, but he was doing a smaller part because he was doing a favor to the director, Chris, who just directed Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. So, you know, it was, for the first two weeks, I mean, Julianne Moore was his wife, Jody Cusack, the great Jody Cusack's my yep. wife. But for great. the First, first two weeks, it was me and Hugh Grant's movie, and we were the cocks of the walk. And then week three, Robin Williams showed up, and you don't realize how big of a piece of crap you are until you see how much people love Robin Williams. Like, we, it was stunning. <laughs> we were in shock. We're like, holy, what is the deal? Oh, my God, look at Robin over there. What does he do? Why is he being so nice to me? Is the camera even on? But, you know, he is, he's an amazing guy. But Hugh Grant and I were, were bonded. I thought, oh, my God, he's going to be my best friend. <laughs> no. Didn't, that didn't yeah. work. No. Um, okay, let's talk about Happy Endings, Don Roos. Oh, yeah. Incredible Don, film. And First of all, I married Don and Danny Bukatinsky. There was a small window when Arnold was governor. Arnold really worked hard, to, and I helped with the, the trying to push the Prop 8 to make gay marriage legal when Arnold's mm-hmm. governor, people I don't know that. And there was a small window, and I got a call from Arnold. He says, if you got gay friends, marry him. And I had legally can marry people. So Danny Bukatinsky and Don Roos, I went and married them, I think, at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And they're still married to this day. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Don Roos. Yes. Well, I, uh, I highly recommend this movie, oh, Happy yes, Endings. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Now, could you will you tell the story about meeting Daniel Day Lewis on the airplane? Oh my God! Okay, so Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal and I are in the front row, uh, first class, and uh, and uh, I, I, I look. I, I walk by. Guy walks by me, and I'm like. Holy crap. I go, Maggie, that's Daniel Day Lewis just walked by us and he's in row four behind us. And she's like, Oh my God, okay, what are we gonna do? I go, Okay, okay, here's the deal. I'm gonna go back to above his head and pretend that I'm putting something in the like in the you know overhead compartment. compartment. And then you go back and pretend you're trying to help me. So anyway, after the plane took off, I kinda walked back there like, oh, okay, I'm over here in this overhead compartment, way back here. And she's like Oh, Tom, do you need my help? Okay, let me help you. And it was so stilted and so bad. And then we're like, oh, and he's like, hello, Tom, Maggie. He knew who we were. We're like, oh, my God. 
uh, hello, Mr. Lewis. Like, he was, couldn't have been nicer or more humble yeah. or whatever. And we got to su- talk to him and his wife and just very down to earth. And to see how badly we were acting. And she's a good actor. A pretty good actor. But yeah. we are, our acting was so bad as we were pretending to let this thing. And then as we got back, we got back in our seat in the front. I realized I had his bag. Like I actually pulled the bag out during our thing. And then I had to walk back there with my head down and put his bag up. And he knew what I was. <laughs> he knew it. And he just kind of smiled. And so in the in the in the skerfuffle of pretending, yeah. I'd actually pulled his bag down and carried it to the front, like, "Oh, I got my bag." I'm thinking, and then I realized, "Oh my God, it's his bag." So then we had to hang dog it back there to put his bag back. Like I thought we'd escaped. Like yeah. we're high fiving each other in the front. There he is. He can see us high fiving each other in the front too. He's sitting right behind us. Like, we're such nerds. But that's a big deal. Oh my god. Yeah. I get. So you you still yeah. get starstruck with people? Well, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty... Uh, I get starstruck with people. Yeah. I love famous people. Yeah. But who's left? Well, I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis mm-hmm. I, it would be pretty... You know, Anthony Hopkins would be yeah. for me. Yeah, I see him. I see him around. I, d- I did a, one of those bad acting things, too. Yeah. Like, I had to get Anthony Hopkins to notice me. Yeah. And it was many, many years ago, and I knew he was going to win the Academy Award. Yeah. And I happened to be at this uh, party, and Anthony Hopkins walked in, and just really loudly, I said, let's all raise a glass to Anthony <laughs> yeah. Hopkins. And, every, and guess what? Here's a tip. Yeah. If you do that, everybody will. It's like applauding. Some people will, for whatever reason, yeah. do it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, everyone like here, here, and they cheered him, and he, he, you know, I, you know, did my glass, and he sort of looked at me and smiled. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you. That was very kind. He's a pretty. Uh, he's pretty. I heard he's very intense. Though. He's very very intense. Oh, I had a I had a, a Ronan Farrow and I met at the Beverly Hills Hotel for a. Discreet uh, oh. bre- breakfast was a, lunch. Was he in the bathroom? No, I'm <laughs> no, he wasn't in the bathroom. But we met over there, and I thought, well, that's cool. I like him, and, and, and you know, we've spoken before about other things yes. off the record, and and so, you know, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of his, his writing. He's a very ballsy and brave kid. And we had a little confrontation with some, some uh, other media uh, people over there who are wow. on the wrong side of history, and we kind of set this up. And anyway, so I'm, I'm also watching. How people are responding to Ronan there because yeah. big Hollywood, the women are so like you know when you're baby, so tell you kind of watch how people respond to you. Yeah. We're in the polo lounge, and like you know, I want to be, I want people to think I'm cool too by who I'm with. The women yeah. love him. Like women are coming up to friends, like you know, I saw Lisa Kudrow with Jamie Tatum. Like, oh my god, look at Tom, look at your way. Oh my god, but the men friends of mine that saw me with Ronan Farrow were like. Uh-oh. What the hell's going on here? What? Yeah, yeah. Like, like big stars. They're like, what is happening? Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Who is it? Who's, yeah. Who's... Yeah. Because he's written all the, the me too. And he's, yeah. and, you know, it's funny to see what people think. You think, look who I'm with. That's, what? That anyway. would be a good one. Okay. Let's talk about Big Bully. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to our movies that we've been in. We work with Don Knotts. <laughs> Yo, speaking that of, was awesome speaking too. Speaking of uh, icons. Oh my gosh. For God, that was amazing. And what, and what did you learn just being around Don Knotts? Just being he just, funny? He's very he... funny, very sweet, shy, you know. Uh, you know, and, and I kept thinking, you know, that's what, that's what people say about Jim Carrey, who I know mm-hmm. now, and uh, they're nothing alike in, way, in real life. But uh, no, you know, you just can't help but flash back on how giant of a star he was and how important he was to my childhood. Oh, uh, yeah. Still is. I mean, Mr. still. Lippet. 
Yeah, Mr. Yes, people don't remember those movies. Oh, God, they were a major part of my, you know, the ghost and Mr. Chicken, Apple Dumpling Yes, I used to love all those movies. But uh, he'd be somebody I'd be. Yes. Uh, I'd I'd want to meet. Yeah, Captain Kangaroo was in the Stupids, I think. Oh yeah. Him, so yes. let's talk about oh, the God. Stupids. Oh, Another movie I love, very misunderstood with director John Landis. Yes. Why didn't this movie work? Oh, I think because it, it was terrible. No, uh, it no, was... it wasn't terrible. It's very interesting. <laughs> the people that love it really love it. I love it. Well, yeah. you know, I love. I love it. No, no, I, I, no, I, I, uh, I think people thought it was going to be Dumb and Dumber. Like that kind of a comedy, mm. and it was different. They did because it was the same studio that had it, and so it wasn't given a. It's quirky, man. And I'll tell you what, everybody stuck to it. John Lattice did a brilliant job. Everybody did a great job. Production. I did a good job. I did for what it is. It was sold to something different, mm. but for what it is, it's great. It's a beautiful looking film. It is. And it, it's and you know, my next door neighbor was Robert Wise from Sound and Music. Literally, yeah. there's so many moments in this thing, and. Everybody did a great job in it. The kids, the people after my stand-up shows that drive three hours with a uh, DVD or a, a VHS yeah. are people fans of the the stupid. Well, you know, I'm a fan of it. I highly yeah. recommend it. I love I love this. Mm-hmm. I, I love the movie. Okay, let's get to our film. Uh, the first time I yeah. I met uh, Tom Arnold, mm-hmm. I, it was a movie called Hacks. Oh yes, and we didn't have oh any gosh. scenes together, yes. but it was all. It's my mom's favorite movie that I've ever done. Oh my gosh, incidentally, yes. She she loves this one, but anyway, we uh, we were the Stephen Ray, it's Stephen a, Ray, John, the, the great John, John Ritter. Yes, John Ritter. Who did you did you love John? Ritter? I loved him. I loved him. Did. I did love him. And his son was my son in Happy Endings. Oh yes, that's Jason. right. Jason. No, I love John Ritter. I and loved you did him. you did Big Dick too. Oh yeah, so that's right. Right, so, Jason. Yeah, yeah, with Jason. Yes. They, that movie was shot in my building. Was it called Jason Big Dick or was it called? Good Dick. Dick. Good, Good Dick. Dick. Yeah. yeah. Good Dick. Um, I'm sure I was, was in a movie neighbor. called Big Dick, too. Oh, I was. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And what's his girlfriend's name? What's her name? Uh, Mariana. Mariana. Yes. She's yep. amazing. Yes. It's Jason Ritter. Yeah. Okay. What a freaking... Oh, I love that kid. I love that kid, too. Yeah. This, to me, was the epitome of show business. We were at Tom uh, Tom's house. Stephen Ray. I did, but what a great yeah. actor he is. Go ahead. He was wonderful. Yeah. Although he didn't enjoy doing the sex scene with me in the hot tub. But, but he was supposed to, well, he liked it with uh, Jay Davidson because <laughs> he had a penis. <laughs> um, anyway. The, a beautiful uh, penis, though. The, uh, uh, you had a television in your bathroom. Oh, yes. And, and that was actually, I just moved to Los Angeles, and I, and I thought, that was sort of, I equated that. I was like, I'm going to do that well, when I get I, money. And so when I did action and I got some money, I, I did that. Yes. I like. I had a huge uh, television in my bathroom. You had a Tom Arnold joke on action. You're with Jay Moore. Jay Moore. We did. We had yeah. a lot of jokes. Uh, well, we had Moore. Harvey Weinstein jokes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, thank you. Oh, that makes it okay. Uh, did you enjoy working with uh, uh, Ryan O'Neill? Did you have Yes. Any, he, he, I like him. I like, I like, and I like Tatum O'Neill. I like, you know, I tend to like people. I tend to. It was a, well. Know. It was a low budget movie, yeah. and I was uh, I I was of course thrilled. But you um, know, you ever played cards at Dor- Dorby Walters' house? I went once yeah. to observe. Yeah, but I you know, but I did. Last time I played, they were like, you know, Jimmy Woods is supposed to be playing here, and I and, uh, Elliot Gould was sitting next to me, and he's like, oh, because people never know what people's politics are. Not the way to talk politics. Yeah, but Jimmy Woods, great actor, humanized politics, and we just hate each other. On Twitter, 
I know. I don't. I don't. And I, and I love Jimmy Woods. And yeah, you know, he's off his nut. I I don't know what. I don't talk politics with him though. Yeah. I just visit him in uh, wherever he's. But living. I always wonder if they see me. Do we have to? Do no, get to wrestle. When when I when I see Jimmy in in real life, yeah. I, we it, we never discuss politics. Right. It does, just doesn't come up. Right. So. Okay, let's go go to more movies because we're running. Will you tell Don't you me? think I could I could kick his butt though? Yeah, <laughs> look at me, Jimmy I'm a crazy Woods? person. Totally. I mean, yeah, he the, might be scrappy though. You, you know, no, but look, at, she knows me. I'm a crazy. I, I feel person. like he'd throat punch you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be all right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's a hundred years old. Will you tell the story <laughs> about how you made Dave Foley uh, smoke a cigar? Well. <sighs> Dave Foley. Uh, okay, now you can We're help me. We're time here. Okay. I'm telling well, I just know that, I, I showed Dave Foley how I could smoke a cigar during a commercial break. Like, I took a Cohiba Robusto and I smoked it. And Dave, I challenged Dave to a race, basically, to see how fast oh. we could smoke it. And, and, then, oh. and then we went back to work, and then Dave was violently ill. And then he had to shoot. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, you shoot. shot at Dupars. Yes, and I was fine because I did that. You know, I had a, a, a sports show where I had to smoke a whole Cohiba Robusto during a three-minute commercial break. And you got to suck hard. Yeah, I thought you were super cool. Okay, then no. the next movie we did today, so yes. we're, we're Hacks, Ren yes. Hacks, April Showers, which oh, we yes. did in uh, Nebraska. Yes, that was about Columbine, right? And these were the years of my traveling with you. Yes. And the most beloved person... I ever saw wherever I went. I mean, people, you know, just would run after you and you were always really nice to people. But, you know, they would always assign us together because they'd tell me that you'd oversleep. And, (laughs) you know, if you're in the car waiting. (laughs) But we had so these were our adventure years. We traveled uh, throughout, uh, you know. um, Well, you like it that you get. I just go to a place, get the hotel, go to work. You like to check things out. Oh, I travel. I go to see Jesse James's home. Every you would be sleeping. Do you remember when we moved hotels and you made fun of the hotel? It was a boutique hotel. (laughs) (laughs) And he's I don't know if it's you need the visual, but he called his room. I said, I went to the hotel. I I said, I need like the best room. You know, it's for Tom Arnold. And they said, We're gonna give you the best room. Britney Spears, you know, stayed here. And you called the room Dead Man Walking because yeah. it was like you had to go down this long, yeah. oh, long yeah, hall that. and it was a, a windowless room. Yeah. Do you remember what? And then the other thing is I I never could sleep. So I used to, poor Tom, I'd go to your room and we would always, I'd always be complaining about a, something going on in that the That was set. good. Those were my favorite times. Yeah. So we'd, cut, we'd yeah. come in his room and, t- you know, uh, uh, and talk about movies and things like that. Okay. Then we got cast in the year of getting to know us. Oh, my gosh. Um, <clears throat> and that was crazy. Yes. That, how crazy was that? That was down in Florida. Yes. And um, uh, another great traveling uh, yes. experience. Do you remember the story about the stunt, the famous, uh, you know, stunt man who had the practical, the big stunt that he talked about, and then he finally did it, and it wouldn't work. Phil, first of all, in that movie were you and I, mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon, Sharon Stone, Sharon Stone, yes, and, and Lucy Liu, and Lucy Liu, yes, and, and Tony Hale. Yeah, that's right. And uh, coming into there, I was a little nervous because I wasn't sure where Sharon and I stood. Yeah. And so I was trying to avoid that. 
And we had a, uh, I was trying to escape from the set one day, and they met, they met me, said she wants to see you in the trailer, and then we had a lovely thing. Yeah. Uh, tell me this uh, stunt. Uh, well, I just remember there was this Australian guy. Oh, yes. Who, who hit on me almost immediately. Yes, yes. The first uh, day I got there. And uh, he drove us to set, and and mainly <laughs> they wanted to, to. He wanted to sleep with me, but be your assistant. Right. Like every oh, movie, right. every movie we ever did, there was always some guy working his way to kind of be Tom's assistant. And I would always, you know, I'd be one of those people who'd kind of. I felt very protective of you. Yeah. But anyway, he was bragging about his big stunt in the movie. And that it was going to be because Jimmy Fallon has to break a piece of glass, oh, right. <laughs> and and the, and every day all I used I said God I can't stand this guy he's such a blowhard and you said no he's a good guy he's got this big stunt <laughs> yeah. and and sure enough the day comes and I was gleeful yeah. because they put in this thing and they they. they Explode! It wouldn't break. It cost the movie all sorts of money. Jimmy Fallon was like hitting it <laughs> repeatedly with golf club. It it refused to break, and the guy was uh, was mortified and sent away. And I think he literally disappeared from the set, never to be seen or heard from again. And I was I was thrilled at his. Uh, his demise. I thought that that was hysterical. That's I do remember that, and also remember this. I had ten days off, and they're like, "Hey, where are you going?" I go, "I'm going to Afghanistan." They're like, "What?" Yeah, so I went I to Afghanistan. That. They're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We got insurance. We got a, it was a huge." Yes. It was a here's how bad a deal. They were yelling, Holly Weirsmith. They were yelling, you absolutely cannot. We cannot insure you. I go, oh, I told them I was coming. They're expecting me. It'll look so bad if I don't. You absolutely can't. It's already been in the paper. I said, I'm going, no, you can't. And then his car pulls up, this old car, and this old man gets out. He goes, where's Tom Arnold? And they go, right over here. And he goes, I want to thank you for going. I'm a veteran for World War II. Thank you for going to Afghanistan. And Holly Weirsman, the producer, goes, yes, we were just thanking him. And it turns out that was the financier. That was the guy that owned the Caterpillar dealership that financed the movie. Oh, and yes. suddenly they're like, we think Tom's great. Yes. Go, to go to Afghanistan. And by the way, we might got killed in Afghanistan. But go there. What a crazy thing to that. do. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. One more quick story. Do you remember when I wanted to go to the Fountain of Youth with yes. you? Yes. And uh, we were going to go to the Fountain of Youth because we were in Florida. Yes. And I. Which and is? St. Augustine. St. Augustine. A fountain. Yeah, no, it's these springs. It's a strip show. Mm-hmm. It's a what? No, no, it's springs, and you drink from the water. <laughs> okay. And, and this is one of my favorite show business mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. Is that I. Um, I, Sharon said, Sharon Stone, oh, delightful Sharon yeah. Stone said, you know, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, well, Tom and I are going to go to the Fountain oh, of God. Youth. And she said, oh, that sounds so much fun. I never get invited to things oh, like God. that. And so I said, do you want to come? Let's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> invite you. So I called her on the day. Yeah. And she answered the phone like this. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, hello. it's a uh, hi, it's uh, Ileana. Oh, oh, hi. You know, then she got <laughs> yeah. all normal. And I said, Tom and I are going to the Fountain of Youth. Do you want to come? And she goes, I don't have time for stuff like that. It's my dad. <laughs> this is so good for Ileana's so, character. This is exactly <laughs> what happens here. So, That's a, this is why I don't call people. And poor Ileana puts her head, extends a hand like a, and she gets slapped down. So it, it gets better. It's a great story. So. Uh, 
I, of course, as I always do, complain to Tony. I go, can you believe this? I'm right. She says, I always never get invited. We go to the Fountain of Youth. We're drinking water. We're walking around. And who do we see but Sharon Stone? Yeah, of course. And she's there with a date. She's got this yeah. guy that's yeah. flown in from California. Yeah. And, you know, we see her, and well, she acts like it's totally her idea yeah, to go yeah, to the Fountain of Youth. Yeah. And we see her, and we have, we, you know, we say yeah. hi, yeah. and she brushes us yeah. off. And and uh, we leave and stuff, and uh, we have our laughs, and yeah. we went to Ripley's, believe it or not. Yeah, that was fun. Stuff. Okay, movie's over. Cut to we're in Sundance. We got the movie in Sundance, and we're doing a press conference, and the press guy says, um, hey, any, uh, you know, as they always do, it's so <laughs> Come up with the best questions. The guy says, um, anything uh, funny happen on the set? Anything interesting? And Sharon leans back and she goes, well, I'll tell you, one day Tom and I went to the, we decided to go to the Fountain of Youth. And we just thought it would be so fun. And I'm literally like on, I'm on the table doing what he's like. This is the funniest part of the whole movie right here. And I'm leaning back. And I'm incensed because I have nothing going for me except for that I'm funny. Yeah. And I have funny stories yeah. and I'm self-deprecating. And and Sharon Stone is literally yeah. telling Edits my story. Edits you out of life. Yeah. But this is what makes it worth it, because this is the story. Right at this moment, you're telling this story, that you, and that's what makes it worth it. That was hysterical. <laughs> I, remember I remember looking at you like, I'm going... And, and Tom, what, I love, I know it. what I love about Tom was that the funniest part of the story for Tom yeah, yeah. was how upset exactly, I was. Exactly. Not that she was telling the story, but just yeah. that... That I would be upset that she, like, yeah, she sure. stole my story. Okay, our last thing. We're, we're going to get to this because uh, yep. we have another guest coming up. We do. Get Easy to, to assemble. Do you remember when I made you shoot the sex scene in the middle? <laughs> he never, he's the best. He's, we shot a, we had to do a, uh, is it, the, the joke was that uh, you were trying to revive my career. We had this ongoing thing because we were hanging out a yeah. lot yeah. before you met your lovely wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was your fake. Way before, yeah, yeah. I was your fake uh, yeah, girlfriend. Yeah. Still, still are. Do you remember when we went out and I held up the sign for, because t- TMZ <laughs> would follow you? And I decided, I'm such a hippie. Yeah. They followed Tom everywhere, TMZ. And then I remember once they said to me, does Roseanne know you're going out with Tom? And I decided to use this as an opportunity to protest. And I got a a laminated sign that said TMZ causes cancer, (laughs) which landed me on the Dr. Phil show. Oh, man, that's great. Yeah. The only thanks to Tom. But anyway, you, and you said, "What do you have?" I, you you put up with a lot. But anyway, yeah. I made you shoot the sex scene yep. in uh, IKEA. Yes, and they were absolutely thrilled. We had yes. children going by. Yes, as we were shooting. Well, I love thing. you know when you pitch that stuff. <coughs> Hearing yeah. your initial pitch, I'm doing this show in IKEA. We need, we're gonna do sexy. <laughs> like, what? And then I'm like, well. <laughs> But it all worked out. Yeah, yeah, but it really worked out. It did. We it were. Did. I was doing a, a web. Can you imagine now what web series have become? I know. I, but when, when I, you were first explaining, I'm like, "What, what is what, a web? What are you talking about?" Yeah. So why would people do this? Will and, there be lights and people? And yeah. It, and how will people watch this? But I just trusted you. 
It was, and we lasted. I was like, this is sad. It was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I sent you all the pictures of it recently. I know, I know, I know. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. And we were able to shoot it, and uh, that's how I, I kind of, uh, you know, that's the, everything I learned about producing and working with right. actors. And uh, But a lot of people learned a lot from that. Like yes. A lot of other people are like, oh, I see how she's doing. Okay. But, yeah, that's why you need to direct. Yes. Well, yeah. that's what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. I would love to direct you. Yeah, and I'll wear my Marla Brando uh, LeBay uh, maroon uh, sweatpants. Yeah, there oh. you go. Yeah. The, velour. Uh, yeah, you velour. Lame, you know the uh, we we were telling funny stories about a year of getting to know us, but again another you're so you're such a talented, uh, serious actor. But I it's heartbreaking to watch you. I find it difficult yeah. um, to watch you when you're serious. Well, like Cape Fear was easy for me to watch with you. Like there's it's not it's just. Yes. Yeah. I, I know. I know. We have to go to these dark, uh, these dark places. Yeah. Now I want to end with you, you, because you kind of went back to. Do you enjoy doing stand up more now than when you were first starting out? Well, when I first started <laughs> out, it was I, I, I it, you know, it's interesting. Robbie Williams is my neighbor. He's a singer. He's a British singer. Yeah. And and we were talking yesterday. He's a great guy. He's very down to earth. And in, in America, he's not famous, but everywhere else, he's huge. And we were talking about something we've been working on. Is as we work on ourselves, we have a lot in common. It, it's, after a show with someone compliments you our, our usual move was no 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 that was a terrible actually I've had a lot better shows no no and then we take 10 things that were wrong with what they did the show that you saw and it's now it's, now we're actually you know able to accept okay yeah, I guess it was okay you know uh, and it is it, it, I enjoy it because I, I can remember things and, and you know when I first started it was just exciting and it's just the excitement and a ball right. of energy and just being there and now it's more like you know you know I did a show in Kansas this weekend and there's 2,000 people there and I'm kind of watching and paying attention it's it's a very mixed crowd of different kinds of people you know I'm in the middle of Kansas also I didn't know what people were going to think of me because of all this right. Roseanne stuff that's going on now and, of course you know but it, you know but yet it's great and and you know, got to you know, and it's a, such a big room. I don't know how, you know, and just keeping my focus and doing all this variety of, of material, you know, it, it feels really good. It must be, uh, and you know, being with, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned the, um, you, God, this must be surreal with uh, your former uh, wife Roseanne Barr. It is so weird because, Joe. well, you know, I I, uh, I knew that the Roseanne show was coming, but I loved working on it. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, it's my big break, but it was also something I was I was good at. I loved it, and I, I'm okay not doing it. I was, you know, I did her roast, which is nerve wracking for me too, and uh, you know, she's not someone I talk to. I mean, I hear from. Uh, uh, one of my stepdaughters or, or stepson to stepdaughter once in a mm-hmm. while, and I love that. But I don't need to. I don't have a personal relationship. But I also am really good about being grateful and leaving things where they were and moving on with my life. And so I knew that I heard the reboot was coming back. Uh, I felt like oh, you know, somebody should give me a heads up because I'm going to be asked about it. But I heard it's coming back. You know, I have my own issues with the. Donald Trump, I've known him 30 years separately. I've been to the Playboy Mansion with him. I was with the creepy guy. So I have a separate thing with him. Right. And so that's the ongoing. And then I heard that she was suddenly a fan of his, which she, you know, we, we'd filmed a special at his place 30 years ago. We knew him. And, and it was different. It's her politics. I don't care about her politics. But so I hear the show's coming back. Variety asked me to, uh, Hollywood Reporter asked me to write a review. I'd written some stuff about uh, uh, gun stuff before. That same person asked me, so I wrote a very fair and and, and, uh, and kind of a fun uh, 
review, but 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 also fair. And and, and you know, I, I enjoyed the show, and I, I think a lot of people, especially liberal people, said, "Well, Tom, you gave it people an excuse to watch the show." So people are kind of criticized me for writing such a uh, objective review. And, and yet, you know, the the other side is criticized. So, but I, I did the right. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I don't I don't care what people say, and so. And then I could see this sort of weird thing happening with her. And I had no idea how deep she was into this, uh, you, you know, the, the, the what do you call it? conspiracy stuff. Like, whoa, I, I had no idea. Like, so deep into this stuff that she believes that they're pushing out there, this crazy, dangerous stuff. And so, you know, I have to say something about that. I just can't. It's not like, oh, I'm going to. Shut up! But no, I have. I've already been doing what I do. I'm right. You know, this is long. You know, there's no. So I'm going to keep. Uh, you know, it's just been a weird, weird thing. And uh, you know, it's not like somebody reached out and said, "Oh, uh, we're doing this thing," and uh, you know, I, I, they should do what they. It is weird, and it is weird. <laughs> a lot of people that write on the show are people that I brought out to. So the, so the from the Midwest, what my roommates, you know, like people right. I gave their break did, you know, and, and, which is fine, which is great, uh, and uh, but if it's weird, it's not because of me. So and I and I more power to them. I wish them all the luck of the world. But you, you know, I mean, you know, you don't think the phone's going to ring and they're going to ask you to be on it? Well, no. I, here's why I think it's weird that suddenly they are calling to me like. You need to you need to back off. Like suddenly, I have all the power. Suddenly, mm. I am the most powerful person. I am not affiliated <laughs> with the show. I'm not on the show. And suddenly, they're looking at me like you need to get people to back off. Like what are they talking? I, you know, all I've said is she cannot support this the the this internet stuff that says you know Hillary Clinton was a, is a pedophile and a murderer and she can't criticize those Parkland kids and call them Nazis publicly. She just did that again. She get, she's got she that's her face on there. She she's owned that. You know that makes looks bad on the show. Remember the old days when you had a TV show, you couldn't do something I like know. that. I know. <laughs> that's not me. Or at least go take her photo away from her. I'm, I'm just some dude. My life over here. Right. Don't look at me. Don't criticize me. Go take her phone away. Everything lately is a, is just a walking powder keg. Right. That's why I'm, I'm here. And I even you know suddenly got this. My stepdaughter, my old stepdaughter. Kind of came at me, and, and, and I love her. And so we we had this full on therapy session in front of everybody this oh last boy. Sunday, and finally it got down. I feel for her because she's, you know, it finally got down. The last tweet I sent her was basically the old situation where I, I basically taught her, told her how to do a, a mild intervention on her mom, and I told her what to do and how to shut off her wow. her internet Wi Fi and how to gently kind of take care of so here I am have helping Roseanne again basically I want to help my, step, my stepdaughter I always want to help people but if somebody reached out to me privately and said she's having issues I would have said okay here's what we do you know and, and so it's either like I am they can't go back to Tom Arnold is the devil because it's not 1992 <laughs> you know yeah. it's 2018 I haven't st- I've only talked to her in the last 23 years for 30 seconds backstage at her roast wow. that's the only interaction so whatever's been going on, I can't it believe had nothing you did the roast. Me. That's a, I know that that would be that would be tough. Okay. Right, but I was I was kind and, and uh, you, you know are kind. they begged me to do it. And, uh, You're I number one. Yeah, I uh, I cannot I cannot say it enough times. You but my you know I'm and I feel the same about you. Favorite. You're a wonderful wonderful person. Favorite. We've had so many. We have 
We have, and we're gonna have some more. Let's have more. I love you're my one of my yeah. favorite people to that's work with. That's We've how had I feel. so many uh, mm-hmm. ups and downs and laughs. That's true. And, mm-hmm. and uh, continue to let's have some more downs too. That's that's I cannot be because they make good stories. I cannot be happier for you as many people are that you're that you're a parent. I love it. I love it. With your kids are yes. gorgeous. They are. They're amazing. I love looking when you post pictures yeah. of your kids. They're just yeah. good looking. Thank God. Right. I know. Thank they're God they're good like looking. But I'll tell you what. Give that, you know, that, that silliness of acting, that getting, that buying in. Man, I just buy in. That's that thing that, that you talk, you know, they're we have it with our kids. You just get it. You buy into their world. Yeah. Cute I think being you could just buy into that. Yeah. I, the, uh, well... Can continued success. Thank Please you. come back. Look for Tom on his Hulu special, which comes out any second now. Uh, yeah. uh, and his series yeah. on Viceland. You can find him yeah, on Twitter yeah. at Tom Arnold. Thank you, yeah. Tom. Thank you you can buy Ileana's book. Yeah, um, buy also, like us on Facebook. Like the us on podcast Facebook, is podcast.com. Yep. Check it out. And as I always say, oh my God, we didn't even talk about the biggest redneck uh, wedding. Which Come back. It's off. It's off. Don't talk about it. But that was funny. <laughs> it was funny. It was very the surreal. Biggest, big redneck wedding, big redneck vacation, big redneck rehab. Anything with big redneck in front, I did it. You can, Whatever you do, it is, I watch it. I even watched that horrible, uh, no, not horrible. You can be, you say it. The, the thing about where you go off on the mountain with the, the bear girls? Oh my God, that was so dangerous. <laughs> I thought it was fake until I got there. It was so dangerous. They make you sign a release at the last second that they yeah. kill you. Oh, my God. We, we have to go. We have yeah. to go. We have, right, to go. we have to go. All right. Everyone's life is a movie with the beginning, middle, and end. I survived without Yay. coughing and sneezing. Thank yes. you, everyone. All I right. adore you. Thank See you, you next time, everybody. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.